In the current environment, many firms are diversifying their client offerings and beefing up their value propositions to be successful. Are some firms finding a new path that features HR? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. Many benefits firms are evolving and embracing new operational constructs to survive, but not many to the extent of Barry Cohn, president of Really Great Employee Benefits. And so we invited Barry on the program to learn about his journey and the path that he's on and and kind of where he's heading today. And with that, welcome, Barry. Thank you very much for having me today. Our, Our pleasure. Now, your backstory actually starts with your wife looking for a better way to provide benefits. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think it, it, it's an interesting story. I'd be happy to. My wife worked for Blue Cross of California for 16 years. And the last 10 years, she was a regional sales rep. And she worked with 500 agents in the LA area, in the San Fernando Valley. And she came to me and said, you know, they're, all they're doing is selling stuff. They're not really helping their clients. They, they sell the plans and then they renew them a year later. And there's a better way of doing this. And I want to leave Blue Cross and start my own agency. And I was in middle market corporate banking at the time. And I said to her, you know, we, we're making enough money. Go ahead and do it. So she left and started the agency uh, 22 years ago. April 1, basically started from scratch. And within three years, she had 20 accounts. And I reached a point in banking where I wasn't really talking to clients any longer. I was going to too many meetings. I was spending half my time pushing paper. And I came to her and said, you know, I'm really not happy anymore. And she goes, well, you have a big Rolodex. Why don't you join me? We'll grow the agency. And of course, I said, I don't think so. Uh, and for six months, I looked at items that interested me, which was banking. I didn't look at my skill set. And then I came to her and said, you know, I'm really not happy with the offers I'm getting. You know, I don't really want to run four states for a big bank and not have any client contact. And I don't really want to be chief credit officer in California for a bank. And I want to talk to companies. And she said, well, maybe you should still join me. So I joined her. And that was 18 and a half years ago. And at that time, she had 20 accounts and she worked four days a week and had a part-time assistant. And now we have 350 clients. We have about 1,000 Medicare clients, 650 individuals, and she's working five days a week. And she goes, what happened to my retirement plan? So that's the backstory. We exited banking and I joined her and we, we haven't looked back. And now over the recent years and, and certainly more recent days, you've kind of moved the agency in a direction more towards HR. Why and how? 
Well, about five years ago, we started looking at all the compliance aspects uh, because of the Affordable Care Act. And we started looking at the fact that companies had to provide a health insurance marketplace notice to employees. They had to provide a special enrollments rights notice. They had to provide SBCs. You had the Medicare Part D drug. And we started looking at all the issues that involve compliance with health plans. And then we kind of started looking at HR and said, you know, there's a lot of things they need to do that's HR oriented. And at that point in time, we started looking at HR uh, a little more to what we, how we can help our clients make sure that they're in compliance with city, county, state, federal HR laws, in compliance with the Affordable Care Act, in compliance with other aspects of HR. And that's how we got started. Did it, did it start as an adjunct to the benefits that you were already offering? So it was kind of a, a value add or an additional service? Originally, it was a value add, and the value add was we wanted to make sure our clients were doing the right things for their employees and also in compliance with the law. And then we started seeing the, you know, the, the, the environment changed. All of a sudden, large payroll companies were in the benefit space. We started having HR companies coming into the benefit space. And I started looking at this merger or evolution where payroll, HR, compliance, benefits were kind of merging and evolving. And at that time, I started collaborating with other agents around the country through uh, an organization called Q4 Intelligence or what I call Q4I. And we decided that we needed to really move into the HR space more. And that was about four years ago. And four years ago, we started offering to our clients HR compliance, HR technology, HR in the area of questions and answers that we were doing before, but I had worries about liability. So we partnered with a company called Think HR, and Think HR has seven components, and we started to charge, uh, set up a separate company to be our HR consulting firm. And now what we do provide for our clients HR-wise are basically questions and answers that they might have at, uh, about an HR issue. We can create employee handbooks. We can offer pop plans. We can do ERISA wrap plans. And so we started getting really more involved in HR. And over the last three years, our HR revenue has gone from zero to 20000 a year to 40000 a year. And this year, we have projected 80000 In the meantime, we decided to buy an HR consulting practice. So kind of like that, that old Razor commercial, you like the company so much you bought it. Exactly. There's an HR. We started looking at HR consulting firms in the LA area, and we had worked closely with one over the last probably 20 years. I'm in a CEO group, and the owner of the HR company was in our CEO group. And 16 years ago, she sold it to her number one person, and we've known her for a long time. And we had two mutual clients for 10 years, working very closely with one of their HR consultants. And I learned that she was going to move out of state, wanted to slow down, and that she wanted to sell her agency. So we started talking to her nine months ago. And if everything goes well, as I expected, this time next Friday, we're going to own an HR consulting firm. That's great. So does that, does that change the overall proposition, value proposition that your agency is, is offering? Is it going to change your focus or is it just going to amp up the HR component of it? Well, I think we started changing our focus three years ago. And what I mean by that is that I think 99% of agents in the health insurance area usually ask four questions to their 
prospects or new people they meet. And the first question is, when's your renewal date? Second question is, can I have a census so I can quote your plan, which is the third question is, can I quote your health plan? You know, I have great carriers, I have great plans, I can show you some great stuff. And then they come back with pages of spreadsheets. The next question, well, before they ask the final question, and the next item is, you know, we have these great plans, we have great people, we've been in business for 20 or 30 years, we have all these free services we're going to give you, you know, can we be your broker? And we stopped doing that three years ago, and our whole proposition changed. So now when we go into a company, we go in and we say to them, this is the old way of doing it. This is what we used to do. But we stopped doing that a few years ago. And the reason is because it's very reactive. It's really saying, we want your business and we're better than everybody else, rather than what do you really need and what solutions might we be able to provide you that can help you? So we go through a process called an HR employee benefit assessment. And in that HR employee benefit assessment, we start out talking about how do you attract and retain employees? How do you keep employee morale up and employee engagement? Let us look at your new hire package to see if they have all the documents they need in the new hire package. Let us review your handbook. And we kind of do a cursory review of our HR from a, from a high level. It's not an HR audit, but a high level area. And we come back to them with a report. And the report basically says, these areas in green, you're doing really well. These are the best practices. The areas in yellow, you can make improvements, but they're not urgent. But the areas in red, you really need to take care of because you have risk. And in all these risk areas, which are usually compliance areas, but not always, we give them solutions. And while we do this, we also do a benefits analysis. And we talk about what, you know, what other companies do regarding benefits, employer contribution, number of plans. We do a benchmarking survey. We have one of the largest carriers in the country has a great benchmarking tool that has a database of 98,000 employers. And we're able to do a benchmarking report that says, for example, your benefits look like this, but everybody in your SIC code, this is what they look like. And your benefits are better than or not as good as, or you made some tweaks or what have you. So we give them this whole report. And basically, when we provide them the solutions, after we do the assessment, we probably usually blow out the other brokers if they're talking to other brokers out of the water because it's so different than what everybody else does. So we started heading into this area three years ago. And I'd like to say, God, I created this process and I'm a genius, but I'm not. It has to do with Q4i and the brokers that I've met around the country. We had a template. Some of you may know Kevin Trokey and, and they have a template for how to do this. But we took their template, talked to three other firms. We all shared ideas. We all collaborated to get the best possible assessment. And that's what we're using now. And it works really, really well. And that's moved us really into the HR space. And now a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing health care costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. 
Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. So, essentially, you're adding value to a benefit arena that a lot of folks saw and operated as being more of a static construct. You're making it more of an active construct. Yeah, we're making it as an active construct. We're being proactive. And on the HR side, I mean, in California, we have a problem with with charging fees as a health insurance agency. So we set up a separate company. It's a consulting firm. But now we're able to charge fees for certain, let's say, HR audits or assessments or what have you. And let me give you a quick story. I'm, I'm talking to a company right now that's actually only five minutes away from our headquarters. And I met the one of the owners at Panera Bread. He goes there every single morning for coffee and oatmeal. And I go there most mornings for a bagel and, oat and, and coffee. And we were chatting and I talked about benchmarking and HR assessment. And he goes, God, we really need to talk. And I went in there and I just looked at their new hire package, their employee handbook and their benefits. And they are so out of compliance with so many areas. But I said to them, well, we have two, two options now. We can do an HR assessment or we can do a full audit because the firm that we're acquiring does HR audits where they come in and spend a half a day looking at personnel files and looking at everything. So now I'm going to be going to them and saying, and actually I'm going to create that today for them, which is here's one option going to be $1,000. Here's an um, other option. It's 3500 Which level do you want to start at? And then from that, uh, we're going to find opportunities to do HR work for them and hopefully also get a broker of record letter. Now, what's interesting is the CEO, which is the, uh, his wife, whose father started the company, said to me, well, how we really like our broker and, and I really like these two guys and we have a relationship with them. We really don't want to uh, change brokers. Will you just do the HR work? And the answer is, I, I'm happy to do HR work. But then I said to her, I said, well, let me ask you a question. I know you like these guys, you've been with them for a while, and, and you have a great relationship, but you're not handing your employees the health insurance marketplace notice, and you're not giving them a Part D credible coverage notice before October 15th every year, and you're not giving them SBCs, so they may be nice guys, they may be giving you good benefits, but you know these four things you're supposed to do for the Affordable Care Act over the last eight years you're not doing, you need to think about that. And you could see her brain started to roll a little bit. And her husband looked at her and said, you know, sometimes you have to make changes to be upgrade what you're doing and be in compliance and do the right thing. So we may have an opportunity to get the whole business, but that's how we approach it. And it, and it works really well. A couple of times that you've mentioned Q4I and Kevin and I are good friends and we've spoke, we've had him on the podcast and I've interviewed a number of his mastermind group partners One of the things I think is interesting is that a lot of the folks who are pushing the industry forward, especially with new kind of ways of going about getting business, which you guys are doing, and also with deconstructing benefits, which some of the folks are doing with self-funded plans and some of the other add-on benefits, is almost everybody who's in the forefront of that is either in a mastermind or a CEO group, such as you mentioned. Can you talk for a moment about the, the benefit of that? I don't want to give away any of Kevin's trade secrets, but just generally speaking, the 
the benefits of being part of a group like that? Okay, well, why don't I start out by saying that about 20 years ago, I joined a CEO group. It was called Tech TEC, the Executives Council. One of Michael Milken's companies bought it. It became Vistage. So some of you might have heard of Vistage. We broke away and we meet every month for eight hours and we talk about our businesses and we're all in different businesses. And I will tell you that I would never have been able to go from my wife and a part-time assistant to 14 employees and all the clients we have without being able to have a board of advisors or board of directors or be able to bring issues to the group and issues such as financial issues, growth issues, IT issues, personnel issues, what have you. So I was already in a group like that. And we already, our company, really great employee benefits, we're already, you know, tapping our feet in the water of HR. And, you know, I read benefits magazines and I read online benefits things in HR and what have you. And I kept reading things that Kevin put together. And I said, you know, instead of just being in a, a CEO group with people of different businesses, you know, wouldn't it be nice if I connected with a group of people that were in the same business, but in different locations and we could collaborate together? And I have to tell you that it's been great for our agency. In the beginning, I had to convince my partners that it was a good idea to make an investment in our future. My wife and I own 80% of the company and and she was a hard sell because she always a devil's advocate. I'm the optimistic one. After we've been in this group for a year, everyone said, God, this is the greatest thing we ever did because now we collaborate. And when I say collaborate, if I have an issue with a client or I have an issue in marketing, I, I can call one of, you know, 20 people around the country and go, what do you guys do? Or if I'm looking for content, I might show them my content and say, give me your ideas. What do you think? You know, should I make any adjustments here? And it's really been a great opportunity. So I think a mastermind group or collaboration group, I mean, we're not in the same territory. So why not help each other get better at what we do? Absolutely. You talk about how you guys have grown. And I know a a number of the folks in, in Kevin's group and in other mastermind groups, their agencies are growing as well. Do you think sole practitioners as we know them today are are going to be able to survive long haul? I don't think so. It's sort of like doctors who are selling their practices and joining large medical groups and hospital medical groups. I think that for sole practitioner, you have so much on your plate. You have to keep up on all the plans and all the everything to do with benefits, a medical, dental, vision, group, life, disability. You have to do sales and marketing. You have to know compliance. And then you're getting attacked by all the payroll companies and tech companies and et cetera. You know, five and a half years ago, we connected with a woman who's, you know, basically had an agency for 30 years. And she saw the writing on the wall, I think. And she said, God, you know, I can't do this alone anymore. And it was her and one producer and she had 90 accounts. And she said, I need to partner with somebody. And so we bought her book of business five and a half years ago, and she's still with us. But I think she realized that you can't know everything, and you need to be able to have the resources to help you. And so I, I think the sole practitioners are going to end up partnering with people or losing business every year, the, uh, the, the larger companies, because they just can't keep up. And what's interesting in California, I don't know how it is around the country, but a lot of sole practitioners are using general agencies to 
Duva stuff they don't have time for. So uh, talking to one of the largest general agencies in California, the CEO said, yeah, I mean, they're asking us to do everything. They want us to do their quoting. They want us to do their enrollment meetings. They want us to do the proposals. They want us to close the business for them. All they want to do is open the door because they don't have time to do everything anymore. So I think the sole practitioner may be a thing of the past in five or seven years. Interesting. We've got about a minute or so left. What do you see the future looking like? I think the future is extremely bright. If you're in the benefits HR space, I think what I, what I believe is that companies and owners of companies, they want relationships with people that are in their regional area that can help them solve the issues that are on their plate. And the main issues on owner's place right now are the number two or three expense, which are benefits, the number two or three expense, which are salaries and wages. And it all, it all revolves around people. And so the people area, you know, they need help in because they know how to make widgets. They know how to sell widgets. But, you know, companies with 25, 50, 75, 100 employees, they don't really have HR departments and they don't really have well-staffed departments. And usually somebody who's got HR and benefits are stuck with it. So to have someone who can be their right arm and really help them do the right thing for their employees, do the right thing to be in compliance with the laws and help them grow by focusing on what they do best. I think that's where we're heading. And that's why I think the future is really, really bright. And what you find is, you know, if if you provide value, people will pay for value. Employers, you know, a lot of agencies give away things. And and I'll give one last story, which is we're looking at a 400 person group and and they with a large agency, a national agency, and they gave them Think HR. And I asked them, you know, are you guys using this? And they said, we don't know how to use it. Because no one ever went out and walked them through. There are seven components, and here's how you use each of the components. If you have any questions, we're here to help you. And this is how you can add value to your company by using this this product. So we believe that companies really will need the help. They want the help, and they're willing to pay for it. Barry Cohn, president of Really Great Employee Benefits. Barry, thank you for sharing your expertise, and thank you for being a shift shaper. Thank you for having us. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.